so here's what our Savior says to us, starting in verse 9. He says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and then give us this day our daily bread. Let's pray together. Lord, would you speak to us this morning as we come to you to receive the food of your holy word. Would you give us your spirit that we might understand these things that you have given to us through your son, Jesus Christ, and help us to feast on him. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Dear friends, who is it that provides your needs? And who is it that defines what it is that you really need? At a most basic level, that is what this petition, this fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread, is all about. It's about receiving the needs, the basic needs of our lives, um, and defining our needs. And there's two key things that our Savior tells us which are very obvious to us. The first is that we are utterly dependent upon our heavenly Father to give us everything that we need. Jesus says for us to pray, give us, give us. We need to ask our Father to give us what we need. And we know that he can give us whatever we need because every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights, our heavenly Father. And we know that he will give us everything that we need Because he is our father, our Abba, the one who loves us and who cares for us. But secondly, kind of hidden in there, is the fact that God, our father, intends for us to remain dependent upon him. It's not enough for us to be dependent. He wants us to know that we are constantly and continually dependent upon him. When we talk about daily bread, we'll hear this multiple times this morning, but there's a clear looking back to the manna incident in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 16. And God provided for his people, Israel, in the wilderness. And he gave them bread from heaven, the manna, that miraculously appeared. And he fed them every day, each and every day. And yet, he gave them only what they needed, only for that particular day. They were explicitly told not to gather too much, not to gather more than one day, or else it would spoil, and it would develop worms. And what a gracious provision, what a gracious teaching moment for God's people and for us, because God does provide all of our needs, and yet we are so quick to forget the source of every good and perfect gift. It's, we're so quick to disbelieve that tomorrow God will be just as faithful as he was today. And so Jesus teaches us to pray, give us this day, give us today our daily bread. So at a most basic level, that's, that's what Jesus is teaching us in this petition. But let's dig a little further in. We also need to be taught what is our true need. What, is, what does it really mean for us to be in need and What is God promising to provide? We're dependent upon that knowledge of true need. We're asking for bread, but we're waiting for our Father to give us the meal. Now, when my kids were all at home and much younger, we had a rule in the house that whatever mom prepared for dinner, 
that is what everyone was going to eat. Because mom spent the time thinking through what was the need, the true need for everyone in the family. She would find the right ingredients and she would make the right meal and she would be considering the fruits and the vegetables and the protein and the starch and that's what she would serve. Now my kids would be content, probably would have been content feeding off of cheese quesadillas and trail mix and frozen taquitos as their steady diet day after day because that's what they wanted. That was the taste that they had, their desire. But mom said, no, you need to be fed well. You need to have good nutrition. And Jesus tells us we need to ask our Heavenly Father, give us bread, give us our food, and our heavenly, and trust that our Heavenly Father is going to provide the, the correct menu, the correct diet, the correct nutrition for what we need. So let's start by asking this. Is that good enough for you? Is that something that you are willing to do, is to entrust your Heavenly Father to give you exactly what you need, not necessarily what you want, but what you need that is good for you. Now, let's talk about this whole concept of bread. It's, you know, Jesus doesn't talk about food, and he doesn't talk about needs. I've been using that term. He, he, he talks about bread, and I've been using that interchangeably with this concept of basic, fundamental needs. But let's talk about that a bit. Let's, let's explore what he's talking about. Now, bread, food, is a fundamental physical need that we have. We don't need to say that. That's obvious. Next to oxygen and air, we need food. Experts say that uh, if you go without food and water, you will die within a week. And if you have food but no water, you might last for two to three months before you actually die. You need Food. We need food, and our bodies are constructed by God in such a way that we have a natural impulse when we go without food. We grow hungry. Our stomachs start to rumble. We, our blood sugar drops. We get hangry. We, we start having a hard time thinking. We get to a point where we say, I have got to eat something. There's an impulse that drives us to food. It's how we know that we are going to live. And then there's satisfaction. There's a satisfaction of the hunger and there's a satisfaction of the taste. Not in a perfect sense, but we eat so that we, our, our hungers will be satisfied. We'll eat because we, do, we choose what we're going to eat because it is pleasing to the taste. But, you know, it's not perfect. We all have different preferences. We can eat something that's bland or too salty or too sweet, or we can eat we can load up on you know, cheap, raw, empty carbs, and it will give us energy for a moment, and then we'll crash. So there was temporary satisfaction, imperfect satisfaction. But food also empowers, gives us strength. We need healthy and good nutrition is necessary for our physical bodies. If serious athletes are serious about the food that they eat, their nutrition, and the things that they will not eat. And what Jesus is saying is that we are to ask our Father for true food. That there is, um, we understand earthly food, food that goes in our mouths, but there is a food that is needful for us, a, a true need that is 
our true bread. And we read it in our call to worship. But the Lord, through the prophet Isaiah, he said, he said, why, why do you spend your money on that which is not bread and labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. There's this theme that goes throughout all of Scripture that we can be so focused on earthly needs and earthly food that we miss the true point of food. And this is what we need to understand, brothers and sisters, is that just as essential as food is to our physical well-being and our physical life, the true reality of our true need and our true bread is more extensive and expansive and comprehensive than physical food. And we cannot lose sight of the reality of our true need even as we seek our daily bread. And this, this theme is, is all throughout Scripture. It's a story that God continually builds upon from the very beginning. You know, we talked about the, in, in the manna incident, the Israelites wander through the wilderness, and they get to the end of their wilderness wandering. And in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses speaks to the people of Israel in what is essentially like his final sermon to the people before they go into the promised land. And in that sermon, he explains to them the reason for the manna incident. And this is what he said. He said, you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger. And he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Beloved, he said that God tested them. He tested them with hunger. He took away their basic needs to show what was in their hearts, to show their true hunger, their stomachs, grumbled and they or rumbled and they started grumbling they complained against the lord they showed their physical hum, hunger their physical want revealed their hearts towards the lord it, they they showed by their sin that it wasn't just a physical hunger but they were hungering for true righteousness their hearts were empty of true righteousness and that just as God provided the manna to feed their bellies, so the Lord needed to provide true food, true nourishment, to meet the true need, fill their hearts with his son. Fast forward to the New Testament, and Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness, just like the Israelites. And he's tested, just like the Israelites. And one of the very first tests was he went without food, and he was hungry, just like the Israelites. And in the moment of his hunger, the devil came to him and he said, Jesus, man, you sure look hungry. Did your father not give you everything that you need? 
A man's got to eat in order to live. Don't you know that you're not going to survive long out here in the wilderness? If you're the son of God, take this stone and turn it into bread. And Jesus' response in that moment was to look back to what Moses said. And he said, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word of the mouth of God. So in his moment of hunger, he was tested and he showed his true righteousness. He showed that this true righteousness was more of a valuable need to him than even having food in his belly. And then he goes on to expand upon this this theme in John chapter 6. So Jesus had led his disciples to the point of Samaria, through Samaria, and they were without food. And so his disciples went off to get food. They went to buy some supplies. And Jesus sat down with a well, and the woman of Samaria came to the well, and Jesus has a conversation with her. And the disciples come back, you know, with bags of food, and they see Jesus talking with this Samaritan woman, and they're astounded because, first of all, she's a Samaritan, and second, because she's a woman. But they didn't say anything. And so there's a little conversation. She ends up leaving to go into the village to tell everybody about this man who knew everything about her, and the disciples turn to Jesus and they say, Rabbi, eat. We just went to the village. We got food. We're ready to eat. Now, this wasn't any big test in the wilderness. This wasn't, you know, the devil telling him he needed to turn a stone into bread. This was just an ordinary, logical, reasonable request. They had been without food. Disciples purchased food. They had food in the toe. They knew he was hungry. They were caring about his concerns. And they said, Rabbi, Rabbi, eat. And he said, I have food that you do not know about. And there's, did somebody, what, did somebody give him food to eat? What, what is he talking about? He said, my food is to do the will of my, the one who sent me and to accomplish his work. Now, what does that mean? Well, Jesus certainly ate physical food, just like you and me. He was a man, fully man, and he did so multiple times. We have multiple accounts of that. He ate with tax collectors and sinners. He, um, he ate with Pharisees on occasion. He, was, he ate so much he was considered a glutton and a, and a drunkard by some. He ate with his disciples before he was crucified and even after he was raised from the dead. He was fully man, and he ate that wasn't the issue. He wasn't saying, well, we, we don't eat, and that's not my food. He was saying something deeper. One German theologian put it like this. He said, just as I live by my daily bread, just as my heart and my eyes and my whole body are driven toward food by the spontaneous urge of hunger, so I live by the will of the Father, so I am driven to him and linked to him with every fiber of my being. Here's a way of putting it, brothers and sisters. Our food, our bread, is what gives us life. That is our heart's impulse for what we believe is giving us life and sustaining us in life. And for Jesus, he said, my food is not this bread that you're bringing to me. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. And Jesus expanded, expanded upon it just a bit more. 
with this uh, story that we just read from John chapter 6. So just a little bit of context. Jesus had just fed the multitudes, the 5,000 with bread. He had turned the five fish and the two barley loaves into this food, this feast for all these people. And the very next day, they, they hunt Jesus down, and, he's find, and they find him, and they said, okay. And he says, you, you searched for me because I filled your belly. I, I provided the need of the moment, and that's why you're looking for me. He's like, but you've missed the point. You've missed the true need. He says, you're thinking from an earthly point of view. There, there, you have mistaken this. There is, there is the food that I fed you, and then there is true food. There is true food. And he says, and then they begin this conversation about manna. And they, they go back to the manna. It's always back to the manna. And he said, well, you know, let's talk about the manna. And Jesus says, okay, let's have a conversation about the manna. Let's make sure you understand the story of the manna correctly. And he says, first of all, you are, you are thinking from an earthly point of view. Because they said, well, you know, Moses gave us manna in the desert. He said, no, it was not Moses that gave you manna. It was my father who gave you manna. He's like, and there is a, there is a qualitative difference between that bread in the wilderness and the true bread that you need. And he says, let me explain to you the qualitative difference. The first is um, earthly bread doesn't truly satisfy. And you and I know this. I mean, no matter how much we eat today, no matter how much we fill our bellies, the food's going to go into our mouths, into our stomachs, and it's going to go out of our bodies, and tomorrow you're going to be hungry again. It doesn't truly satisfy. But he says, he said, the food I give, this true bread of life, whoever eats that will never hunger again. It truly satisfies. Secondly, he said, this earthly bread, it perishes. It, it, it doesn't, doesn't last. In the, in, in, the, in the wilderness, the Lord said, you can only gather enough for today. If you gather too much, if you try to save for tomorrow, it's going to perish. It's going to melt. It's going to get worms. It's, going to, it's just not going to be good. It's going to spoil. He said, but this bread that I'm giving you, it lasts. It, 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 it remains to eternal life. And then the punchline, he says, is this. You have to choose what you're, what you're living on because the bread that you live on will determine your life expectancy. He says, if you, if you live for the bread that perishes, you too will perish. But if you live for this bread that remains until eternal life, you will have eternal life. It will remain in you. It will nourish and sustain you for all eternity. And so hearing all this, the crowd says to Jesus, Sir, give us this bread always. This is the bread that we want. Let me ask you, which is the bread that you want? Which is the bread that you are willing to live for and make uh, to live upon? Which is the bread that's going to be the, the focus, the, the drive of your life, the natural impulse to be consumed with eating? And Jesus said, 
I am the bread of life. I am. He said, whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. Beloved, that is, that is the true bread that we must focus on. The, the crowd said, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus teaches us to pray, Father, give us this bread. Give us this bread. So we should talk about what it means to, what does it mean to eat Christ as the bread of life? What is that? What is that? We need to understand that. Well, I think the, the bread analogy is helpful for us. We need to think about what food does for us and how, how it works for us to understand what Jesus is driving us to with this. And it's those same four things. Hunger, provision, satisfaction, and empowerment or strength. So it needs to begin with hunger. In order to have the willingness to eat of the bread of life, you must be hungry for it. If you're full on the empty carbs of this world and this life, on the bread that perishes, you will have no appetite for the bread of life. To, to hunger for Christ means to hunger for eternal life, but not, not eternal life as we, in, from the terms that we, we live in, the, the, the cursed existence that we have, but eternal life as God intended it with joy and peace and satisfaction and delight. And beloved, is that, is that your hunger? Do you, do, you, do you hunger for that? If so, our Father provides that food. He sent his Son to be the bread of life, and he sent his Son to teach us to ask for that. He gives it. Jesus said, blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness because you will be satisfied. God will not withhold his Son. He has given him to us to be our, our bread, our food. But there must be provision. There must be provision and Jesus teaches us to ask for it, to, to, to desire it enough to ask for it, to say, Father, give us this bread. Now, there is, there is some, uh, tra there's a translation issue with this particular petition. Uh, it particularly has to do with this, uh, the, the phrase daily bread, that word uh, that's translated daily. Um, experts now largely think that it's properly translated uh, tomorrow or tomorrow's bread, and you may even have a footnote if you have an ESV Bible, a tiny little note at the bottom that says that it could be translated, uh, give us this day our, our, our bread for tomorrow. And so I think properly translated, this, this petition is, Father, give us today our bread for tomorrow. Now let's, let's understand what he's talking about there. It's actually remarkable and fantastic. So if we think back to the manna yet again, the Israelites were commanded, only gather for today. Only gather for today. Anything more is going to spoil. There was one exception to that. 
And that was on the sixth day. On the sixth day, they were commanded, gather for two days, for today and for tomorrow. The reason was because tomorrow was a day of rest. The Sabbath was a day of rest. Don't try to gather anything on the Sabbath. So gather two days for today and tomorrow. Well, if we fast forward to the days of the time of Jesus, the, the, the Jewish teachers contemporary with Jesus spoke of a great tomorrow, a great day that is coming. So our New Testament writings refer to this as the, the age to come. The writer of Hebrews talks about, um, you know, there's, there's today and then there is this, this rest, this, this Sabbath rest that awaits us. And, and it's a rest that yet to come. We're, we're in the midst of this wilderness. We're, we're headed towards this promised land. And one day we'll arrive at that promised rest. And so there's these, there's these two great days, these ages that Scripture speaks of. There is today, which is the age that we live in, the, where Paul says today is the day of God's mercy. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day where we must not harden our hearts, but we look forward to tomorrow, this great age of tomorrow, this, day, this time of rest, this Sabbath rest. And what, I, what Jesus is saying is, Father, give us today our bread for tomorrow. Give us a glimpse of glory today. Because in glory, that is where our Savior Jesus Christ is. And any benefits that we have, any fruitfulness of his work is because we have the benefits of tomorrow that we're feasting on today. Any joy, any praise, any glory of Christ, any, any sweet savor of his character that it's, it's heavenly food that we're asking for to sustain us on our path to glory. And beloved, our, our Father rejoices to give us this food. This is, the, this is the bread that came down from heaven to sustain us. And so we ask for this life and to sustain us unto eternal life. And so we ask for it and he gives it So there's a hunger, there's a provision, but then there's satisfaction and there's power. To feast on Christ is to be satisfied with him. Jesus said, whoever eats of this bread will never hunger again. It's a, it's a rest from our labors, a rest from f looking for satisfaction in anything else. But there's also a satisfaction of delight. Sweet is the Lord Jesus Christ to our taste. Sweet are your commandments on my tongue. Sweet is your love is better than life. But not perfectly. Not on this side of glory. There's ever a need for refreshment day after day and a reminding of his sweetness. We forget. And so day after day, we're fed with that. But there's also power and there's strength. Food nourishes, food enables us to do things. And this bread of life enlivens us with eternal life and sustains us so that we can endure to eternity 
Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But abiding in him, we bear much fruit. And so, dear friends, if you're wondering, am I feasting on Christ? Is Christ my bread? Those are two reliable tests for you. The satisfaction and the power. Are you satisfied with Jesus Christ? Are you resting in his work? Are you delighting in him? Do you have a love for Christ? Do you, and not perfectly, you will not have a perfect flavor. This is bread for tomorrow, and we're getting a glimpse of it today. But do you have any, any love for Christ? Is there any satisfaction, even if it's weak, and even if you forget? Are you satisfied with this bread? But also, is do you experience the fruit? Jesus said, whoever abides in me will bear much fruit. Is there fruit in your life? Fruit of Christ. Are you showing fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? That is the fruit of the Spirit, beloved, and he will work it in you. That is his will to work it in you. That is what this bread empowers us to do. And it won't be perfect. It won't be perfect. Because we're yearning for the fullness of the feast, which is coming tomorrow. But beloved, if you aren't feeding on Christ, if that's not the, the meal of your life, then hear what Jesus is warning you. He says, you are, you are feeding on food that perishes, and that you too will perish. You're, you're eating perishable food, and you will perish. Be hungry for this bread, because our Father gives us this bread. Ask for it. Take it. Eat it. And rejoice in it. Feast yourself in this meal. And then continue to feast in it. Beloved, this is a meal that it begins now and it will span to eternity, but we must continue to feast on Christ and to grow in him. The Apostle Peter said this, and this is helpful for us to consider how to continue to feast on Christ, that we can continue to bear fruit. He said this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. He said, for this very reason, because his power has given us everything that we need, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement, add to your faith this, with virtue and virtue with knowledge, to continue to grow in knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so short-sighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, 
there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Beloved, that is, that is where we want to go. He provides us the meal and the energy and the sustenance. We must do this. And beloved, understand this. Speaking of this bread, from a spiritual point of view in Christ Jesus, does not negate a single thing that we said about our Father providing all of our physical and material needs, our earthly needs. It provides context for that provision. Understand this, God provides all of your needs as part of his broader program to preserve you unto glory and to take you, lead you, and preserve you unto eternal life. But in Christ Jesus, beloved, every gift he provides you provides an opportunity for rejoicing and worship, an opportunity to rejoice in the bread of life. Every meal, every moment, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we do it all to the glory of God. Our bread for today becomes a means of celebrating and enjoying a glimpse of our bread for tomorrow. And finally, brothers and sisters, we can't miss the fact that this meal is a family feast. Jesus says that we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We gather together to feast on Christ. We feast together on Christ. We rejoice together. We worship together. And we grow up together on this living bread, even as we will be with him together for all eternity, rejoicing and delighting in him together forever and ever. And so, brothers and sisters, our God, our Heavenly Father, has provided for us a rich feast in his Son, Jesus Christ. And he has given us the privilege of being able to eat this food today, even as we await our glorious tomorrow. Are you hungry for this feast? I urge you to be hungry, Christ. And let us pray, give us today this bread. And he will. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word and for the great hope that it gives us. Thank you for Christ. I pray that you would help us to really understand and to plant in our hearts what it means to feast on him and help us to do it and not be hearers only, but doers of your word that we might live and live in him. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.